Balance is a myth. And for years, I fought for balance and ended up wasting time and energy on false notions of perfection. After anxiety attacks, bouts with depression and health issues, I had to learn to flow with the inevitable imbalance. I learned that being perfectly imperfect was okay. Disrupting balance is for real women who are exhausted with fighting for balance. It is for you, your life, your experience, your truth, and all of the chaos in between. I am Hanifa Barnes, and I am disrupting balance by finding harmony in the imbalance of work, well-being, and the in-between. Find me, follow, and subscribe at Disrupting Balance on all platforms. Hey, Disrupting Balance listeners, we are in another great episode for season eight. Today, we have Amy Gonzalez Nelson, a brave reactivator who's healing after divorce and a shift to her identity required her to create space to surrender. But how do you do that? After dealing with years of anxiety, having a new baby, and making a major move from the place that had been home her whole life, Amy's journey to heal was a lot more than she realized, but she gained so much in the process and clarified for herself that being human is brave. And regardless of belief systems, dogmas, and the many societal constructs, we are brave. Listen to this episode to hear how Amy dealt with her anxiety, why she calls herself a recovering Catholic, and how she helps her clients through a strategy called soul polishing. So Amy, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here because I just feel like you're my spirit sister just in our preliminary discussion, just before we started recording. So I want everyone to kind of feel what I'm feeling. So let's just jump right in and tell us what is your story? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. It is such a pleasure to connect with uh, like-minded kindred folks all over the globe. So this is another opportunity for us to get to the space that, you know what, we are all in this together. So I am incredibly honored to share my story and hoping that this will connect with others who are listening. So I will lead off to say that I am a professed anxiety warrior. I am a bravery activator and soul polisher. And all of these terms, everyone's thinking, well, what could all this mean? And this begins with the understanding that I had anxiety as a young child. And of course, it was never really given that term anxiety, it was, oh, she was so emotional. Oh, she (laughs) is dramatic and uh, liked to talk a lot and carry her soapbox around. And in reality, it was a little girl who was being, um, having lots of, you know, incoming and our bodies could only take so much. So as I've gotten older, I've really come to the space of understanding that mental wellness is absolutely total body wellness. And it has been the catalyst of what I have stepped into now. Um, I divorced about um, seven years ago, and it was the immediate kind of connection of as the identity of a woman, what a wife should be, what um, my role overall as a mother, having two kids, and where do you go from there? Um, and it was my moment of enough. And I always like to say it's that aha moment 
that Oprah talks about. And it wasn't Oprah's voice. It was my own. So it definitely was the opportunity of where do I go from here? And at that moment, it was a fall to the knees in a space of surrender and desperation. And though I like to consider myself a recovering Catholic, I definitely had to get to a space of, um, you know, I know that I am 100% surrounded and guided by a higher sense of connection. And that's when that moment of I rediscovered faith in myself and spirituality. So it was, let's journey through what does this mean? Does What does this mean for myself and my kids? And that's where, okay, well, I'm going to be the solution person for that's who I've always been as a kid. And I'm going to be the warrior for my kids and truly help them understand what living an authentic life is like. And that was taking the next step to separate and, and divorce. And and so hearing um, that you dealt with anxiety, I'm just thinking about your thoughts, your experiences as someone who who has dealt with and probably still does on some basis, how you work through all that. But let's start with when did you realize or understand that what you were dealing with was anxiety and what were those triggers for you as a young person? Great question. Um, you know, when you are faced with this overwhelming um, emotion and, you, and you're talking to other folks, there's always this question of, well, one, and, and I don't like to use this phrase, but it was used um, years ago and still is, you know, am I going crazy? You know, I am not... I'm not thinking clearly or I'm not thinking of how um, the scripted realities of us as humans should be thinking, right? So it was this, I am abnormal in my thinking. So when I began to research and ask questions and even doctors too, that's when the terms of mental wellness began to enter my sphere. Um, So I did seek therapy. Uh, I was never embarrassed by or never thought it was out of my person to go seek help. It was like, okay, well, I want to really get some more understanding of what this is all about and understanding that life um, brings us these moments of anxiety. All of us has anxiety tendencies, but when you are living and breathing it on a daily basis, that's when that next step comes in of, you know, what can I do? What's out there? What's What do I need to know? Um, and that's really when I gained more clarity about anxiety for the term itself. And then as I got older and life happening between deaths and, um, um, you know, major happenings in my life, it just began to like, this can't be it. You know, this can't be this textbook ideal about how a person should be acting. So that's when it was like, okay, let me seek more alternatives um, and solutions to my well-being. So therapy, traditional therapy came into play. And then again, being a very spiritual person, I reached out more on an energetic level where I started to connect the idea that how my body was reacting in that more intuitive space or that gut knowing really became that connection of like, okay, there's more to this than just say my mind telling me it's my body. is reacting, you know, um, whether it be eating for comfort, whether it be, um, you know, um, 
sensory seeking. Like I'm a big, no personal space person. I love to hug and be close to people. (laughs) Um, So, you know, thinking this is the natural way to go, but these were all kind of reactions to this space of anxiety. And then what, what tools can I use? Um, So that's when that combination of traditional therapy as well as um, energetic therapy. And that was everything from sound healing to Reiki to um, essential oils and um, God, you run the gamut, you know, um, just enjoy yoga, um, dance, you know, finding all these other alternatives that it's not the other, it's combining it all together. So I I hope that answered your question. (laughs) Yeah. And so my, my, question um to kind of piggyback off of that is it sounded like your mind was ready to make the shift or transition into a healthy space but how much did your emotions kind of get in the way because I, I heard recently something obvious but y- you know was more clarifying is you know our mind can do everything but it's the emotions that stop us mm-hmm. how much do you feel your emotions precluded you before you actually made it over and, you know, really understood what you needed? Um, another great point. Um, yeah, you know, um, I would say the emotion and I connect emotion to body because I was pregnant. I just had my second son and it was a culmination of, again, the term postpartum, which, um, was used very lightly. And, I was physically feeling, um, um, I would feel it in my chest. I would feel it, you know, in, um, in my body, this kind of out of body experience almost. And I kept, you know, what is really going on? You know, um, I was crying much more than, than, um, than I normally was. I mean, I'm a sensitive person to begin with, but it was just more so, um, it was a loss of memory sometimes like forgetting things and, it was just this tremendous space of feeling completely overwhelmed. And I, how I explain it to folks is if you've ever jumped into a pool and you fall to the bottom and you look up and you could still see the sky and stuff, but you could still feel the foundation of the pool, but all that weight is physically on top of you. That's that emotion that I felt. And that's when it was, okay, well, where do I go from here and up? up and out is, is, is my next space. So it, it hit hard because it was like, well, it's either this or I'm, you know, I'm hitting into a next space that I don't want to go in. Yeah. And you talked about your divorce. And so in that major transition of your life, not just divorce, but shift in identity and questioning who you are in your role or your perceived role, you also moved um, from a different state in different regions, right? You yes. went from the north to the south. So we have <laughs> a lot of stuff happening and I'm sure culture shock. Let's talk about that transition and how you managed through, through that with two boys. Okay. So, um, well, I left New York. I'm originally from New York. Um, left in 2004. I was already in a space of um, high anxiety. I went through 9-11. So that was a pretty, pretty, um, probably the second most um, l- largest shift in my life. Uh, I was watching my entire life literally crumble to the ground. Um, and 
in this duality of, you know, New Yorkers were so resilient, but at the same time, I'm in this anxiety state normally. Um, and then I am leaving now this city that I was 100% determined not to leave because I was that much more connected with it after 9-11. And I moved to the South to North Carolina and immediately uh, faced with a tremendous space of separation. Now I consider myself a, a very worldly person and have traveled quite a bit abroad and um, within the United States and the sense of um, non-cultured environment was what I stepped into. And that was really difficult to be around considering in New York, I had everything at my, at my fingertips. So that began this um, slow decline of, you know, what is really going on in the rest of the world? I began to question quite a bit, questioning my decision, questioning, um, am, am I really this naive that the rest of the world is like this? And it added into that sense of um, anxiety, sadness, even, even like into high-functioning depression, if, um, if you want to say. So each year got more difficult with um, high, I needed to come to a space that to, I needed to seek out this culture, whereas it was easy for me to just step into it in New York. I had both my kids in um, North Carolina. So it was, again, all these questions of like, is this how you want your children to live? Is this how you want them to grow up? Um, also, the ideal in the South of what a woman's role is and a man's role is that also played a huge role. And I could begin the, the embers of eternal connection and soul began to rise and flame up pretty, pretty quickly. And then the final, I guess, combustion uh, fire was right after my youngest was born. And that's when the enough occurred. And so how did you find kind of that space to really appreciate your new surroundings, your new life? What was the transition point where you're like, yeah, I think, I think I got this. What was that? I would say when I declared my enough, it's when I realized that everything that I thought I needed to happen to my life had to happen in New York. And discovering my purpose, discovering myself, my children, um, where life that I truly thought was going to begin. All of that in my head was this expectation, oh, it had to be New York. And then I realized it all had to be in North Carolina because that's where the most wisdom was. That's where all my lessons were. That's where um, the challenges that I had to face for myself to get to my most authentic voice had to occur there. And once I connected those dots, it was like, wow, a veil was completely lifted. You know, there was such a sense of, of, of clarity. And I mean, literally the air smelled sweeter, the sun looked brighter, you know, and please for listeners, none of this happened overnight. So if you're thinking none of this happened overnight, you know, it was a good, um, I mean, I'm still in it. I, you know, there, there is no end. I think the end is when I'm transitioning to the great beyond. But until then, um, the, the bulk of it happened, I'd say, within the past seven years. Yeah. And do you think, I mean, because I find that, you know, we're all dealing with so many variations of imbalance, you know, chaos in our lives. It's inevitable. 
do you think intention is important? Because you are able to now see a space that has been the same since you arrived, but see it and experience it and live it differently. What elements of intention for you were important or at the forefront for you if you did have that? Um, so when I was, you know, having another anxiety moment, uh, my son was a year and a half and I go back to this when I heard my, um, enough, what came with it was this tremendous sense of this is really brave to come to a point that I'm going to now pick myself up and move forward. I mean, kicking, screaming, cursing, you name it, (laughs) I was all in there. However, there was a tremendous um, acknowledgement of like, wow, being human is brave. And again, I thought it would have come in New York after 9-11. No, it came in this moment that, you know, emotion to be human in, is in itself the most bravest act of all, to participate in your life, to um, pull yourself back up in this moment and then move forward. That's when everything started to connect for me about, wow, all, all of us is incredibly brave, every single one of us. Because if I'm meeting you outside, then you chose the intentional space to be brave today and live your life. And that's where all of this started to, um, like all these dots began to connect for me. And when I shifted myself into this intentional space that, heck, I'm not alone, I'm in this to get with everybody, is when, again, colors looked brighter. (laughs) It was this just tremendous connection of not only with myself, but with every other human on this planet. Um, And that is where I, I... began to understand that we each emit our own vibration, right? That's how we connect with people. And through my studies, um, both in an energetic realm and therapy and combining all that, when I realized that we each are emitting this own vibration, that's when I'm like, okay, when I shifted it is when things began to open. Because now my in 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 the frequency that I'm putting out this intention of that we're brave, I'm meeting people from all walks of life, you know, because they're also in that space. So it was such a beautiful melding and meeting of life minds. Yeah, I and and when you say that, I hear that whole phrase, and I think it started with um, that book, The Alchemist. Something to the effect of one of, of my favorite books. Oh, I love the book. <laughs> I have to reread it every time and pull jewels out. But I think that's the book that mentioned, you know, when you decide you want something or to pursue something, the universe conspires to bend everything in your favor. And that, that sounds like what was happening and is continuing to happen for you. Now, as a recovering Catholic, because you mentioned that briefly in your story Mm -hmm. um, in the beginning, how did faith spirituality play a role in this process now where you realize that aha and you were stepping into your brave what did faith what role did faith and spiritual spirituality play you know um so i'm raised by a mom um who you know we come from a background italian and my father um is spanish and very roman catholic so uh the foundation of um catholicism was pretty heavily saturated um in my life you know stepping in um, my mom 
Catholic school 12 years. She was going to be a nun. I mean, she was really, really immersed in, in, in her faith. But then as things began to open up as far as she divorced and that's, um, you don't divorce in the Catholic church. And so all of these don'ts, all of these rules, it, it began to, it just didn't make any sense to me. And I questioned very young and there came a point when it was like, well, that's it. I'm closing the door. Um, but as I grew, so I would say 16 is when I had my final, that's it. I'm, I'm shutting the door. I'm not practicing anymore, but there was always a pull to the space of, um, communion, like in communion. When I say, when I, I, um, I use that word communion with others, you know, being in this space of, um, collective community. And when I traveled through Europe, I would always go to these tremendous cathedrals and I felt so amazingly connected to spirit. And it wasn't until my mid twenties is when the terms of spirituality and energy and all of that started to enter my vocabulary. Did I come back and start asking my mom specifically about her faith? And it was really her, my mom's shift in, 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 in her perspective for me of it wasn't so much the religious part of it, that dogmic part of the rules. It was her connection to God and faith in, in that space. And that's when it clicked for me that it's this ever presence of energy call it God, call it universe. I always felt very connected. I could never explain it, but I always know it's there. And it's because of that, that I had a resurgence, a reconnection of faith in myself and knowing I'm never alone. You know, um, I'm very much um, lifted up in these moments when I was tremendously in a space of on my knees, you know, I can't explain it. And uh, when I do speak and I talk to folks, I say, hey, I'm not here to change your belief. If anything, I'm here to help you enhance it. Because for me, when I connected it is when things really began to open up. Now, mind you, I am still very much needing signs that are written out in the sky or the burning bush or what have you. But, you know, um, I've learned to find such beauty and peace in all religions, you know, um, I find that the ultimate foundation of it all is a sense of connectedness and love and respect. That's where I have tied it. And for those of those that are listening, you know, the Catholic faith has lots of saints. So I'm always calling my mom for a saint to pray to when I am losing my keys or if I need to sell my house, you know, there's a saint for everything. <laughs> so um, there's such a beauty in that as well. I mean, I think that's wonderful. And, you know, your statement about the beauty in all religions speaks to me because I was raised Muslim, mm. but I'm Baptist, you know, go figure, right? But the thing about connecting dots is it's not about the dogma, as you mentioned. It's mm -hmm. about that overall communal power of the spirit, that omniscient presence that is always there. And when you feel it and it overtakes you, it's just, 
it's even hard to really convey what that is. It's That's the right. it's it's just so powerful. So I absolutely concur with that statement. Um, because a lot of the religion is really man kind of coming in and creating constructs, correct? Right, right. around correct. cult based on culture and how they do things. So I, I totally understand that. So let's talk about your word choices. You you mentioned brave warrior, brave reactivator. A brave reactivator, and what's mm-hmm. the warrior? Um, the anxiety warrior, anxiety warrior, brave reactivator, reactivator and soul polisher. Polisher, <laughs> those words. Tell me about that. How you came? I and I know a lot of this was the experience because when you talk about your experience, it makes total sense. Mm-hmm. But how did you find those words to really capture what you're helping other people to do? Okay, well, um, again, the beginning of connecting the dots of anxiety and that, you know, we, each of us, uh, whether it be anxiety tendencies um, or not, we are all warriors in our own space, right? We are all um, working towards the best life for ourselves. So we are each our own warrior, anxiety, what have you. Um, And I really began to embody knowing that for me, being impeccable with your word, words make such a difference with the intention behind it. So it added more to the journey. Um, I like to also call myself the journey woman, you know, and in my backpack of of um, tools in this toolkit is, you know, I am um, using this anxiety space to um, help others because, you know, we're all warriors to ourselves. And then it moved into when I acknowledged the bravery part. You know what, when I activated that space of that energy of bravery and shifting the perspective away from how we define bravery. Yes, soldiers are brave. Yes, policemen and, you know, um, nurses and doctors. Yes, those are all brave elements. However, I want to highlight the very fact that being human is brave. You know, so I am now in a space to help others activate or reactivate that bravery that lives in each and every one of us. So there's where the bravery activator comes in. And the soul polisher is more, now that I've learned to um, help others in a more intuitive space, is the ability to tap into someone else in their energy and knowing that. Um, the image I always get up is like you're shining your shoe or you're shining your heart, right? And it's the sense of, you know, a soul polisher. I'm here to, you know, who could use a little polish up, right? And um, it's a collaborative effort. I'm here to help others in this space to soul polish. But at the same time, I hope what they learn, they in turn pay it forward. And they are some, and they could be someone's soul polisher and someone's bravery activator. And acknowledge that they are an anxiety warrior as well. So that's how all this comes together. Well, I'll say for those listening, uh, Amy is telling the absolute truth because she polished my soul just before we recorded this episode. And so I want to talk about that strategy because when we started, my mind, you could tell where my mind and energy were focused. And you said, let's try something. And that it took a few seconds, maybe a minute tops. And 
I, it completely shifted my headspace to be able to really engage with you. So can you talk about what that strategy is and talk about how you address this with clients and those that you're helping to support? Okay. Well, it's a combination. You know, I like to tell folks, um, who are not familiar with, um, intuitive healing. Intuitive healing is, if you want to say one of this, um, a psychic ability. Um, we all in my book are psychic. You know, when we say your, your gut, that gut knowing is that intuition. It's so each and every one of us has the ability. Um, and, so it's melding the scientific with the holistic, if, if you want to say. So I have used tools that I've learned in therapy, traditional therapy, as well as the space of tapping into our intuition to find the best place to be in the moment and be mindful of that space. Um, traditional side anxiety is we tend to always look ahead to be in the future. So uh, traditional therapy teaches us to stick to the ones, right? Stay right in the moment. And then I've added the extra piece of the energy of, you know, part of all this, like I said in, um, in the beginning, is we feel it in our body. So let's get ourselves into our body to acknowledge the anxiety and keep ourselves mindful of just the moment, right? Because the moment is where everything is happening. If we think too far ahead, then we're missing all the beautifulness in the middle, so I've created this space of, I use um, a program called the Four Piece to Peace, and it is a space of shifting perspective. It's practicing the practice of life, um, which is exactly what we're doing. It's having patience with the process, which is always a karmic one for me. And then the finally is discovering purpose for the moment. It's just in this moment. And this process is something I do constantly. It's become a new habit that I have formed to get myself just where I need to be. So before we began, you and I, I did just that. I shifted my perspective of where I was before. I was working on something and I needed to close that off. And then I needed to practice the practice. Well, let me get into my body. Let me breathe. Let me release. Let me drink water. Let me keep that intention of the next hour is going to be dedicated solely just to this purpose. And then patience, knowing that, you know what, I'm going to keep myself in a space of patience of whatever's going to evolve is going to, because that's, in my belief, the way things are supposed to go. And finally, it's finding purpose. And this is purpose in this moment is to connect with you and to your listeners of, you know, this moment is just for us. And it over and the overall arc of all this is in the space of peace. So before I begin anything with a client, is we go through this process. We sit up high. We keep our feet grounded. We open up our shoulders to allow more air to come through into our lungs, and we just breathe three times. And then we seal our intention, whatever that may be, with three claps. Um, Clapping is when is a tactile way to get into your body, and it's also a vibration. When you clap, you are actually emitting a vibration through your body, um, and it's almost kind of that wake up, right? You're just you're feeling that little you know in your body as you as you clap, and then you begin. Yeah, I never thought 
of using anything tactile. And even with clapping, there is an auditory component. So for folks who have different modalities of learning and engaging, clapping is great. I mean, who knew, you know? Um, So I I, I think that's that's a wonderful thing. So speaking of clapping, Mm -hmm. I know in your write-up, you mentioned something about shake, rattle, and roll. Didn't you mention something about that? I saw that in your write-up, I thought. So I have here, groove is in the heart. I'm a firm believer. The more we share and collaborate with the world, the more we can heal. Every time I hear the song Shake, Rattle, and Roll by Billy Haley and his comments, I can't help but laugh out loud. Oh, that's an old post. That's so incredible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is y'all, this is what happens. <laughs> okay, so so. This, in. this is so great. So okay, listen, good. this is what I want to tell you. Anxiety <laughs> and being so overwhelmed with the world. Honestly, my brain is so filled up with stuff. So <laughs> thank you so much because you helped me shake, rattle, and roll this brain. So okay. this is great. I love okay, it. Good. I love good. the way this works. There's no coincidence okay. ever. Um, so please keep this in. This is fantastic. Okay, great. So yes, shake, rattle, and roll. I love, love, love music. I've loved music since I was a child. Um, it always took me to another place than just, you know, hearing it. it. I felt it in my very bones, in in, in my cells. Um, I would become very emotional. And what I realized as I got older was sound is a way that I connect with people. Um, it's how I pick up messages. It's how I read people is in the tone, in the frequency, in the vibration. So um, music is one of my major tools in, in, in my backpack, in my toolkit to get me to a place of center. Um, when I mention meditation with, with clients and stuff, I give them the, um, perspective shift that meditation is different for everyone. My form of meditation is movement. It's dance. It's taking a walk with my dog and listening to music. Um, I just go what feels good for me and, and my body. So (laughs) yeah, I'm in a constant space of shake, rattle and roll. It is this groove, this inner movement that, um, I truly live by. And those who know me, I, it's not that I can't sit still. It's I'm feeling it all around me. I'm feeling the groove. I'm feeling people's song. We each are emitting our own soul song. And that's what, um, that's what keeps me going is this space. And I tell folks, you know, even if, even if you're sitting still, your body is still in movement, you're breathing. <laughs> so your body is still in a space of movement. So you know what, if you're not breathing, then you're on the wrong side of the dirt, right? So it's this, <laughs> it's this importance of um, movement for me is one of the major tools to get to a space of realization that, right, you get out of bed, you're moving you're participating in your life. So thank you so much for bringing that up. That is fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) See, I'm learning from you. I'm learning that quickly, you know? Oh my God. This is awesome. This is awesome. So this is awesome. So tell folks, where can we find you? The best spots, the best places to go so folks can shake, rattle, and roll with you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, you can find me on my website at braverybrigade.com. I am um, on Instagram. I post little videos um, usually every other day and little snippets of uh, soul polishing tip of the day. 
And that's under Amy Gonzalez Nelson with an E, N-E-L-S-E-N. And then I'm on Facebook as well under Amy Gonzalez Nelson. And I've done other podcasts that you could hear as well. Um, so that's it at the moment. I am manifesting other things. <laughs> let's hope for a book. Let's hope for a tour. Who knows? <laughs> um, so my goal is to take this uh, globally. I want to collaborate with as many folks out there that are wanting to jump on this groovy train with me and help us all get to a space of acknowledging bravery, share stories, share tools, um, and knowing that, you know what, we all meet each other for a moment. There is an exchange constantly back and forth. And then um, we we move on, right? Because it's a it's a personal responsibility, you know, to um, to move through life and be your own bravery activator and your own soul polisher and your own anxiety warrior. So that's where you could find me. <laughs> I am Amy Gonzalez Nelson, and I am disrupting balance by shifting the perspective of how we view bravery in each moment that we choose to get up out of bed, to participate in life, to take care of ourselves first, knowing that self-care is not selfish. We are reconnecting that soul shine. We are truly living in the space of what it is to be a human being. Thank you for listening to the Disrupting Balance podcast with Hanifa Barnes. Hey, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And if you're not following me yet, find me at Disrupting Balance on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. And guess what? I'm on Clubhouse at Hanifa Barnes ESQ. And if you want free tools or any and all things Disrupting Balance, check out the website, www.disruptingbalance.com. Talk soon.